Hello and welcome again to our Home at Home services. I'm hoping you are already enjoying some great fellowship. Um, and we're going to continue to share today on our current theme. We've been talking over the past few weeks on our identity. And we've been looking at the fact that if we don't really understand fully who we are, how can we truly make disciples? How can we truly replicate and multiply in the way that God is asking us to do? Our identity also allows us to really understand how we connect with each other as we connect with God. And so we're going to continue this morning. Um, we started talking last week about you are the branches and we're going to continue that today. And that's taken from John 15 and the whole sort of section is John 15, 1 to 17. But we're going to sort of zone in today on a few of the verses and we're going to be talking about a subject or topic um, that is the, the word is perichoresis and it really identifies everything to do with relationship and what the father the son and the holy spirit are demonstrating to us through this passage the history of this passage it starts off in verse one saying i am the true vine and my father is the husband man and we know that we are talking about the vine and the branches Right through the Old Testament and into the New, God is always having this conversation about his people, Israel, being the vine. And he, he says this because it's symbolic. It's a way that he can actually explain and demonstrate to us who we are, what he's expecting of us, and the relationship he's anticipating as we journey with him. And we really want to crystallize this process as we, as his people, understand who we are. And therefore, in doing so, we need to then also embrace the relationship that God is expecting of us. And we started talking last week about the intimacy that this, this passage is expressing. I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. And he says that we are the branches. And if we jump to verse five of the passage, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Listen to this. For without me, you can do nothing. And then he goes on to say again in verse 10, if we keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And so this whole passage is, is sort of defined in this word perichoresis, which is really the, the relationship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So look at this. Jesus says, my father is the husband man, meaning that he is the seed supplier. So he is the inception of this vine. And so if you imagine a seed going into the ground, and that seed also represents the father, because out of that comes the vine. And then he goes on to say that his father uh, then is the one that tends it. Jesus is the vine and then branches develop. And so we have this silent representative, which is really the principle of the Holy Spirit. We understand that the Bible tells us that Jesus left the earth and, and, and actually left the Holy Spirit as the comforter that would sustain us. And if you remember when we started talking about uh, where the kingdom was, and I sort of said, well, where's your address? And we talked about uh, in John 
14, uh, Romans 14, verse 17, that the, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so it tells us that the Holy Spirit is integral, and yet here he's not mentioned, because the Holy Spirit actually tells us that when he comes, he will not speak of himself but he will take of the Father and the Son and reveal it to us. So what this passage is really uh, symbolizing is Father, the seed, the Son, the vine. We are the branches, but there is that silent comforter of the Holy Spirit represented in the sun rays, the, the, the water that nourishes and, and all the additional infusion of power that brings forth the productivity of the branches. And so what we're seeing here is this continued intimacy as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to produce the branches with the intention of the branches bearing fruit. And so the ultimate expression of this relationship is culminated in the fruit that we as the branches produce. And so this is why when we look back in the years that God was sort of describing Israel as a vine, we'll see, and there's a few passages here, Isaiah 5, 1 to 7, Psalms 80, verse 8 to 15, Hosea 10, 1, Jeremiah 2, 21, and Ezekiel 19 and 10, Matthew 21, 33 and 40, and Luke 20, uh, verse 9 to 17. And all of these passages are talking about Israel as a vine. But God was very disappointed because Israel did not conduct itself as a real vine. The fruit it produced were actually malnourished. They were often uh, uh, filled with sort of disorderly uh, uh, production or a, a disorderly product, and God could not use them, and he couldn't rely on them. He could not guarantee that the fruit they were going to produce would continually represent him. And if you look through the, this checkered history of Israel, they were always going off. From God, and God would have to go and bring them back. And he was describing this process that they were always producing this bad fruit, that he could not rely on them to be the vine. And so that's when Jesus comes along and he says, well, actually, I am the true vine. He's come to restore and to correct this principle and to give the Father what he desires. And so in this relationship, this communion of the obedience of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit infusing the branches, we are looking for a produce and a produce that we as his people will bring forth fruit. And that fruit is the culmination of love. And so today we are actually looking at this passage to teach us about the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is interesting is that this perichoresis said it's a term referring to the relationship of the three persons of the triune God. As I said, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and their relationship to one another. And what it's really showing us that they are so working together to show how this interdependence also amounts to love. It amounts to an, a, 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 an intense relationship, the intimacy that is expressed, that will always, when followed through, produce good fruit. And so God is expecting us as his people to be a product of this relationship. And when that doesn't happen, he then prunes it. And that's a, a topic we'll talk about another time. 
But I want us to really understand and look at how prophetic this is and what God is asking of us. Because he really goes on to say, and these are the key actionable points here. If you keep my commandments, notice this, you keep my commandments. Jumping back to verse 5, it says, without me, you can do nothing. It's important to understand that because when you fully embrace it, you realize that God, I have to rely on you. Jesus, without your help, I can do nothing. That's why he tells us that it's no longer us that lives, but him that lives through us. And when we talked about the royal priest, we identified that the priest was the part of us that had to be sacrificed on the altar, surrendered, making Jesus Lord, and that we would reign in life because we were surrendered to him. And so here we're seeing Jesus making the same principle, that it's not you that produces because you can't do anything without me. You have to rely on me. And he's continuing this theme through this concept of the vine, the father being the husband man and us being the branches. And in so doing, he's looking for fruit. But if we follow the process naturally, the fruit will be always of great quality because it's not us producing the fruit. It's actually a culmination of obedience to Jesus himself. And so he goes on to say, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. I thought we were talking about a vine and branches. But he's actually saying and showing to us that it's all connected with the way we function as a body of Christ. That this intimacy of our love for the Father, look at this word here. He says, keep the commandments. He's talking about this, this remaining in his word. He's also using this word, you shall abide in my love. And he continues to tell us that when we abide in him, then this word abide means to dwell. It's, it's like you have made your home, your house in him. And so what does it mean? It means that he then will fully furnish this house. He has purchased this house and he goes on to describe to us because the fruit that is produced is the crushing of the grape, which produces wine. So the crushing of the grape producing wine is the culmination of love. So what it's telling us here, that the father plants the seed and tends it. The vine then buds, it begins to grow. And it begins then to produce branches, which is you and I, the church. And he infuses the branches with his power, with his grace, with the fullness that comes through the Holy Spirit. But he tells us that you don't have to do anything because I am the sustainer. I am going to ingredient you with all kinds of nutrients that will allow you to produce good fruit. You simply have to abide. You simply have to remain. And it means that we have to endeavor in our hearts that we are determined not only to surrender our lives to Christ, but to remain sacrificed. You know, in fact, what we should be like, and we should call ourselves the living dead, because we should be dead to ourselves and alive to Christ. And that's how God is telling us it's no longer us that lives, but Christ that lives in us. And in doing so, it allows us to keep the quality of what we produce 
as the product of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we are surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide us, to lead us, to infuse and empower us and to ingrediate us. So it's not your own flavor. And often we feel like that. Hey God, I got it today. I think I feel like I just wanna have my own way. And so you begin to taint the quality of the grape. Because when self gets involved, it always taints and pollutes this beautiful, intimate process that God has established that was always intended to bring forth good fruit. And so our one job is to remain, is to abide, is to submit and simply just stay connected. Say that to the person next to you, stay connected. Say to yourself, I simply have to stay connected. And oftentimes, you know, we might go through one day where we're connected for one minute, disconnected the next, one day. And this intermittent process often means that we are malnourished. We cannot produce the quality fruit that God is requiring of us that will amount to somebody else tasting of the love of God. Look at how beautiful this is because we're talking about fruit that is often crushed. Fruit that is often, uh, you know, squeezed in order that the quality of what it possesses can be of use. And when we look in Matthew 22, look at this, it says here, it's talking about the love of God. And this tells us about how this commandment actually relates to the ultimate commandment, which God gives in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. He says, a teacher was asked, they asked them, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So when we're talking about how do we stay connected, this is the process. There is this correlation between keeping my commandments and this is it. It's summed up here. Read it again. He says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, not half or part, you know, and with all, he says, of your soul. Hallelujah. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. In other words, your whole being, everything in, so that then the quality of what you produce will be contingent on how committed, how stayed, how locked in you are. Sometimes we wonder why am I not having victory in this moment? Why am I struggling through this process? Because in life you will have trouble. Jesus tells it himself because he said, but know that I have already overcome it. So you're gonna go through some stuff, but the only way you can still produce love and the power and the fullness of God who is love, the essence of him, is when you stay connected through the trials, through the challenges, through the test. It's when that tree hangs on for dear life, the branch to the tree, despite the wind is blowing, that come harvest time, it will have this quality produce. But if it falls off during the shaking, immediately it starts to die. So he's telling us here that this is the principle that in order to stay connected to the vine, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. This is the first 
and greatest commandment, and then he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So in this process, when we look at John 15 and, and verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. This is the foundation of your whole life in Christ. Is that God is love. Is my Father is love. I must also be love. And when we embody this, we realize it's not a choice. It is a natural product of staying connected. So, hey, you can tell when you're not staying connected. You know when that person you encounter, you can't love? you got to question, God, where am I losing the connection here? I need to have more infusion of the nutrients that is coming from the Father to the Son through the Holy Spirit that is now going to infuse my life and make me fully who I am. So this perichorosis process is, is the idea that God is establishing in us a community. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in a community. In fact, they are consistently in a party. They are celebrating one another. And so when we join in with that, it actually tells us in part of this passage, we'll say that our joy will be complete. Because in him there is the fullness of joy. So I want to encourage us that often we struggle because we are not using the simple plan that God has outlined for us. He's simply saying, stay connected. And in doing so, we commit ourselves to him consistently. And he explains that this whole process is a real testament to ultimate love. Now, the grape was the first encounter we had with Jesus in his miracle. And he was prophesying that one day this miraculous wine was going to produce and represent the blood of Jesus. That's why he tells us that he loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And he tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And then he says to his disciples, picking up a glass of wine, crushed grapes, saying, this is my blood. So love and the blood of Jesus are synonymous because the shedding of his blood is a result of his love. It is the product of his love. And so when we love like him, we are determined to share this infusion of what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for you and me. We begin to be a testament to the fact that this blood, this ultimate produce, this wine of God truly works. That it transforms us from darkness into light. That it cleanses us from all sin and makes us clean. It makes us pure. It gives us this infusion of the love of God so that I too can say, if my father is love, I too also am love. But I've got to stay connected. And so as you read this passage again, I want you to take your time and begin at that process that before we jump ahead to say, well, hold on a minute, you know, we're talking about all these fruits and you know how we love to talk about that. But you see, we've got to talk about the process. 
Because without staying connected, without staying in that intimate place with God, you will fall short of the glory that the earth is waiting for as it's waiting on the sons of God to manifest themselves. What would it look like if we had a whole fellowship filled with love, where everybody was peaking with the fullness of the quality of a fruit, that even when crushed, we would love our enemies, we would do good unto those that despitefully use us, that we would love others into submission to Christ and demonstrate to the world that God is love. They only know it through your hands and my hands and your feet. And so God is encouraging you and I today, stay connected. Don't let that thing or that habit continue to break your connection. Don't let that person who is getting on your last nerve destroy your peace so that now you are no longer remaining connected, but you've got to come back to yourself and say, hold on a minute. You're tainting my fruit. You're tainting my, my, my produce. And each moment we experience a challenge, that challenge is all about how do we stay connected? Because even through your darkest moments, there is some quality goodness that can infuse the fruit. And as we unpack the fruit, you begin to see how this then works. That when you're going through the flood or the fire, you draw on the connection that allows you to continue to know that you are overwhelmingly loved. That when you're going through moments of fear and anxiety, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out, cast out all fear. Stay connected. Our Father is the husband man. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. You simply have to stay connected. And know that God is going to prune us because that's part of the process and we'll talk again more about that. But you see, he does it out of love because you are supposed to be a bastion of love, a product of love, a producer of love because God, our Father, is love. And in doing so, we love him with all our hearts, our minds and our souls. We love our neighbor as ourselves, And it's a testament that we are maintaining our connection to the vine. If you don't know Jesus, it's very hard to basically manifest something that he tells us that we cannot do of ourselves. You can only be a producer of the love of God by being connected to the vine. And that's not hard to do because he's made it possible that through faith you can believe and receive. And for those of us who are already born again, we understood that we simply believed that he was the son of God, that the blood he shed represented in that grape that was produced by this tree, this branch, was the blood he shed because he loved you and me. And when you declare, I believe he's the son of God, Die for your sins. Ask him to forgive you. So we simply say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. 
make me your son so that I too can be connected to the vine and I can rest from trying to be good, from trying to make myself better, from trying to live an abundant life and live it through the power of God who will be my sustainer, who will be the ultimate lover loving through me. And in so doing, I can reign in life. I want to encourage you today that this is an exciting time for the people of God, that when we know who we are, we can walk in victory. And if you prayed that prayer today to invite Jesus into your heart, just know that he has entered into your life today. And if you know someone from our fellowship, uh, if you're watching or you, you, you're in fact surrounded by those that are with you, let them know that you have given your life to Christ. May God encourage you today. May you know that our God is looking for this process, this perichoresis, to be part of what we join in with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on. And then he can look at you and say, that's good fruit. Tasty. Hallelujah. May God bless you today as we continue to identify who we are. You are the branches. Our Father is the husbandman, and Jesus is the vine. May God bless you.